This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It's 5.07. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Sharad. First up, the big debate over political debates. Yeah, so yesterday, caretaker PM Ismail Sabri Yaakob turned down the proposal uh, by uh, Pakatan Harapan Chief Anwar Ibrahim for a debate, a debate among the Prime Minister candidates, I believe is how he expressed it. Anwar had initially suggested last uh, week that the Prime Ministerial candidates from the three main coalitions, uh, that would be B. NPN and PH, uh, which are kind of clashing in G15, should engage in the debate. So he said that the debate should be focused on policy-related matters and not filled with accusations and insults. Uh, but as as you said, Sharad, the PM has essentially said, no, uh, doesn't see this happening. He also said that debates are not a part of Malaysia's political culture and he didn't see them bringing any benefits. Uh, the PM also said that uh, he prefers to focus on serving the people and devoting more attention to prepping ahead of GE15. Uh, there has been... Um, a response from Anwar, um, and he said that people take part in debates in schools, our universities encourage people to think critically, uh, think creatively, and that debates offer this kind of space. So it it opens up an interesting question, right? Because I was thinking, of course, of the past debate that uh, we saw between Anwar and Najib, um, and how while it was interesting, it was also really polarizing. And then if you look further ashore, there's the, 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 the best examples are probably the ones that come out of the US where we have the presidential debates. Um, and I was wondering what that would mean for us, for voters, to be able to see more of that style of conversation happening. I think the two things, right? Because uh, Ismail Sabid expressed his objections in terms of culture rather than a practice. And, and in terms of practice, yes, uh, often, as in the US, it's the media companies that stage these debates between presidential hopefuls. Um, you know, we recently saw what, what happened in Britain as well. There were debates. And it's part of that idea that this is a format that people would enjoy, they would learn something from it, not the whole, not the totality of things they would take into consideration, but part of it, part of the many things that happen. Uh, so that's a question of practice, but culture is a different thing. When you talk about culture, don't you think, Sharmila, it, it, it goes back to, oh, are we a, um, a culture in which we respect our elders and we don't confront each other and we are diffident? I think that's when the culture argument really starts to fail. Yeah, so I mean using it's not it's not part of our culture is a fairly convenient way to dismiss something because what does that actually mean? What is actually our culture is a whole other thing. Um I am a little bit on the fence about this notion of a public political debate, not because I don't think it wouldn't be helpful, but maybe um the examples that I mentioned, in fact, if we talk about the whole circus that surrounds the U.S. presidential debate, and even to some extent, the kind of um, response that the Anwar versus Najib had, where it became more about force of personality and more about um, being able to platform a particular kind of uh, 
rhetoric or a particular way of speaking to each other more than it is about anything super substantive and of course the fact that you can't fact check live the fact that any um any disagreement with what's being said doesn't happen on the spot but it happens after the fact i'm not saying i don't find it useful i'm just wondering whether it's going to be useful to help people decide who to vote for yeah you know i guess it's a, a different sense of what a democratic society is in malaysia's own sort of authoritarian past means that we have a very circumscribed view of democracy we in fact terrified by too much noise we don't like um, in fact what constitutes political violence in this country is somebody throwing paint or tearing down a poster you know and it doesn't compare uh, i mean in some ways malaysians would say i, I prefer that than than the wild... I prefer sitting uh, down and, you know, talking to each other. Yeah, absolutely. You know, people throwing things at each other. It does get pretty hairy in some uh, democratic context. That means very... Um, impassioned and it does border on the on violent, but but people accept that, and, and many democratic societies don't mind messiness, you know, because at the end of the day, you you go through the process and you you make a decision on who uh, who is the government, and then everybody calms down. So I don't know. I, I I'm I would like to see a greater contest of ideas happening on all kinds of platforms rather than sort of you know, predetermine which ones are the best and most calming. So maybe not just a PM candidate debate, but in general, more debates that happen between our various political leaders. Absolutely. Don't mm. you think, I mean, would be nice to see a mid-level uh, politicians also, the the new emerging leaders of political parties rather than, and we're going to be talking about this later, a bunch of old men. And again, it's always old men who dominate the field and, and the public discourse, right? So, yeah, Anwar is fine because, because he wants to be part of this debate and he wants to, um, you know, make his uh, his points uh, vis-a-vis all these others. But I, I don't know if that's enough. I mean, we really should be listening to more people at all levels. So we're talking about this, of course, because Anwar Ibrahim has invited uh, PM Ismail Sabri as well as other PM candidates for a debate. Uh, The PM has said no so far. Let us know, would you like to see our political leaders have open debates? You can call 77332900, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. After this, we'll be speaking with Azim Nazri from the Malaysian Institute for Debate and Public Speaking. So keep it here on the evening edition, BFM 89.9. Bring forth Moolah, BFM 89.9. It's 5.15. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Sharad. And we are talking about whether we want more political debates to happen uh, in our landscape. Uh, This is coming from a call made by Anwar Ibrahim, inviting uh, all the PM candidates to have a debate with him openly. Let us know, would you like to see our political leaders have debates? Call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a WhatsApp or voice note zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Joining us now on the line is Azim Natsri, head of training and development at the Malaysian Institute for Debate and Public Speaking. Azim, good to have you with us. Thank you for having me. So, Dr. Sri Ismail Sabri Yaakob has said that there are no benefits to prime ministerial candidates engaging in a debate. What were your thoughts on that? I believe that the benefits are very valuable. We have seen a lot of political apathy since 2020, and the Malaysian riot need a reason to listen to what our PM candidates would push for. What's key here is not in changing the minds of the people who are already BN, PN or PH supporters, 
but for the fanciness to be able to be sweet instead. Yeah, so what do you think, um, you know, about this idea that debating is not within our culture, that there's something almost un-Malaysian about debates? Is that true? I mean, if it's not our culture, it doesn't mean it shouldn't be our culture. We can always change and amend our culture to the better. But I'd also say that it's unfortunately an incorrect statement from uh, Dr. Swiss Masabri. We have had debating since our schools in the 1970s. Our schools and universities support their best students in debating at not just a local level, but supporting them to go overseas as well. And Malaysian debaters are one of the best, if not the world, in Asia. Now, beyond discussing policy or party positions, what's the value in seeing our PM candidates engage in this open debate? What sort of insight might voters get from this? I think it serves as a barometer to the abilities and competencies of our PM candidates. Uh, People generally want to see and know how capable they are because our premier represents not just us internationally. So they very just want to to have the ease of mind knowing that they won't be the type to make any Trumpian gas. We want to know who they really are and how they really sound without the scripts, without the aids, without the teleprompters. Now, you mentioned the question of, you know, whose mind and, uh, is going to change during a debate. There, there are, and I think polls have suggested there are a lot of undecideds uh, in the voting population. But what do you think will be uh, the way to, uh, to, as it were, sway this group? Is it going to be facts? Because we've seen, uh, you know, political leaders throw facts at the population. Or is it going to be a question of values? Or is it going to be something about the personality, the telegenic candidates, the, you know, the charismatic ones? I think it'll be a mixture of all three. Uh, People do care about the facts. They do care about who they are. But the key focus is remembering that uh, we want to make sure that their ideas and policies are heard. We want to make sure that people are able to understand them, that the conversation that happens on Facebook and Twitter that happens after this election will be shared and will be read by people who are currently not politically active. That, I think, is the key part here. Are there challenges that are specific to political debates in particular? There definitely are. I think political debates specifically... Uh, candidates are often unwilling to do so. Uh, most aren't trained to do them. They aren't confident in their language use, whether it be in Bahasa Malaysia or in English. Uh, sometimes they often have to keep to canned lines, uh, as well as having audiences who interrupt the debate. But I think the worst issue is just making sure that candidates keep in line with the rules. You don't want someone to do a Trump and just take over speaking times. Okay, so there's a design in um, political debates that we see in other countries. What do you think would work for us in terms of uh, the way it's staged, the the role of the moderator, uh, do, or in fact audiences in the design of, say, a political debate? I think in terms of the debate itself, what would be good beyond just getting them to talk about the key points is getting them to problem solve in front of the audience. We should give them perhaps a context or a situation. Uh, let's say that there's a country that, as Prime Minister, there's some issue that's happening with country X. As Prime Minister, what will your solution be? What would your actions be? Uh, it, it helps us get an insight to how they think, gets an ability for us to understand how they want to work, and essentially gets an idea as to 
their thought process as well. The moderator would definitely be key here. They need to be able to ensure that they can speak well, that they can ensure that things are entertaining for everyone else, and make sure that any key points can be summarized. Politicians tend to rant on. So in Malaysia, of course, we've seen some televised political debates, um, not very many, but occasionally. The most recent one was the Najib Anwar debate. Have you watched any of these and what were your impressions? I did, actually. Uh, it was a good place to see the ideas emerging and the discussions happening on social media because of it. Uh, I think the fact that people were making memes and jokes about it afterwards is a good barometer to just to see how much people are interested and how much people do view and watch these debates. You know, one of the things that people do point out, and it's and you just mentioned it, the question of it being entertaining, right? So there seems to be this uh, feeling that if it just becomes a spectacle, uh, the media companies will obviously gain. But the, uh, what is, uh, you know, what is the benefit to our public culture, to uh, our put the the substantive issues of the day? Is entertainment kind of a double-edged sword here? It could be. Uh, but entertainment does matter. We need to make sure that people are interested in these debates. If not, if they get boring and academic, you lose interest in not just the debate itself, you lose interest in politics. We need to make sure that the people have a reason to listen and are able to be kept in rather than just waiting in for some bites. So entertainment, of course, is one thing. The other, um, and this is a criticism that comes up not just with the Najib versus Anwar, but if we look at the US presidential debates, for instance, that it becomes a platform for grandstanding. Um, what do you think about that? I do think that grandstanding isn't really that much of an issue. Like, why is grandstanding bad in the first place? They're the prime minister candidates in the US. They're the presidential candidates. They're there because their views and opinions matter because their policies matter. And what we want to see is how they will be able to sell those ideas and how people are able to judge them based on their explanations. Is Parliament something uh, of a template for us to kind of um, make judgments about the ability of our political leaders to have genuine debates, not just sort of shout at each other or to, you know, the, the catty remarks they make? When you watch a parliamentary session, I mean, what do you see in terms of the the character of the debates? I think you managed to explain it well early on. Uh, the issue with our parliament is that at worst, it becomes a place for personal attacks and catchy remarks. But at best, unfortunately, that still looks like someone reading from a script and explaining pure facts and explaining the underlying reasoning behind those facts. I think what we need to have a lot more is for Parliament to not just explain the numbers that they want to talk about in Parliament, but explain why those numbers matter, explain the reasoning behind them, rather than just talking about uh, plot points and numbers from whatever documents they have. So if I may extend that back to this conversation about a debate, um, how do we account for fact-checking? Uh, when it's happening live, when the moderator is uh, thinking on their feet, as it were, uh, how do we account for, to make sure that people are sharing things that are accurate? Uh, that's definitely the hardest part about the live debate, especially political debate. Fact-checking will be necessary. I know that what they often do in American presidential debates is they have multiple teams of fact-checkers running all the time to ensure that every single aspect of what they're talking is true. 
so we will need teams of people who are ready to check every single fact that's being brought up to ensure that they're not just at best misrepresenting things or at worst just straight up lying. You know, a, a lot of Malaysians will get a chance to see their political leaders on the stump, you know, at Chorama. Chorama is, are in fact part of our political culture, isn't it? And so, the, but there's a style in Chorama, which is, uh, again, about entertaining the crowd, uh, you know, making, uh, attacking the other. Uh, what other forms and, uh, you know, forms could we have in order to have genuine engagement over issues? I think that while dramas are good and they do get people interested because they're interesting, uh, we can look at what other candidates are doing uh, in the US during the midterm elections. There are some candidates using memes and jokes, uh, specifically from TikTok. Uh, Said Sadiq, for example, is very, very active there in spreading his ideas. So these are ways that we are able to get parts of discussion to be added. Hopefully, what we can get is not just dramas not just to entertain, but to also get politicians to respond to a TikTok reel or any specific points you want to talk about, uh, not just in debates, but also online with each other. Azim, just in closing, um, if we look at the idea of political debate on a smaller scale, how would you like to see more politicians engage in some form of debate in the run-up to the elections? I would definitely love to have that. I think we need more young blood in the political sphere to prove that they can lead. Perhaps more... Uh, political debates on the parliament, on the MP levels or for don't seats. We need to get people to see their candidates, to see and hear the candidates who they are. And the best way you can do that is for smaller debates and small discussions to happen. Azim, thanks for speaking with us today. Thank you. That was Azim Nazri, Head of Training and Development at the Malaysian Institute for Debate and Public Speaking, uh, weighing in on um, a call by Datuk Sri Anwar Ibrahim for PM candidates to have an open debate, uh, thus far rejected by the caretaker PM. Let us know, would you like to see our political leaders have open debates? You can call 77332900, send us a WhatsApp or voice note 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. We have plenty of thoughts coming in um, and I want to say largely in favour of this idea of having debates. Let's see, we have uh, Sharul just saying, public debate, yes please. Um, meanwhile, Norzi says, if it's not our culture, maybe we should adopt a new culture, one that puts our quote-unquote leaders under the spotlight and thrash out their ideas for the country and standpoints for everyone to assess. But you and me know lah, why he didn't want to, right? Well, I mean, I don't know. I, I I fear I don't have the powers to look into the minds and the hearts of our politicians. But you know, there is there is a problem. And I think to be fair to Ismail Zabi, he does point to some of the the real downsides of certain types of formats. But that doesn't mean you can't engage in it. And so, would be interesting is if his team came up and said we propose a different type of engagement. You know, not the ones that we see. Uh, you know, uh, currently, but one that could in fact yield um, maybe a discussion not so much on manifestos or you know, uh, but one that's about values. What are the political values that our that our leaders have that shape the way they think? 
think about policy and governance? Well, we have a, a dissenting opinion here. Um, an anonymous listener says, I'm not keen because sadly, more often than not, most of our politicians lack eloquence and content in most of their speeches. Those that I've heard tend to have lengthy introductions. I may sound brutal, but I usually doze off or my mind wanders. Um, even worse, I come out disappointed and feel like salient points weren't discussed. Overall, not as informative as hoped. Well, you know, so, okay, you know, there, there are all kinds of things that happen in the world that are, don't always hit the mark, right? But there's no reason not to have them because you could find that there is a debate or two that really does hit the mark, that does provide some value for the, for the, those who view it. Um, you know, on speaking too much. I mean, you know, look, it can happen anywhere, you know. And as somebody who does moderate uh, public discussions and forums myself, I, I know that there'll always be somebody who wants to hog the mic, as I'm doing right now. Well, as long as you knew, we are close to the time of clo- closing off this side of things. Uh, but keep those thoughts coming. Do you think, uh, would you like to see our political leaders have open debates? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. We're still getting plenty of thoughts, so we will get to them after this. Keep it here on the evening edition, BFM eighty nine point nine. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM eighty nine point nine, the Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.